You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Create Photography Retreat. You're probably listening to this podcast to get better at being a photographer, and we are so happy to have you listening. If the Master Photography Podcast Network is helping you to master your art and get better as a photographer, then imagine the massive leap forward your photography would take if you got away from everything for three days and focus, that's pun intended there, completely on your photography, then we would love to have you join us at the Create Photography Retreat that's being held in Las Vegas in March of 2019. I talked with BJ Hansen this morning. He's kind of the organizer behind the retreat, and he's giving the listeners of the Master Photography Podcast an early bird price of only $387 for a ticket for the conference, for the retreat. That price won't last long, so you need to head over to createphotographyretreat.com and sign up today. Again, that's createphotographyretreat.com, and I hope to see you there. Welcome into the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. That's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> you heard it right, though. That's the name of the podcast, as we are in the midst of changing it from the beloved Improved Photography Podcast that most of us have been involved with for a long time now, and we're renaming it, rebranding it to the Master Photography Podcast Network. We haven't changed the name or the album art of the show yet for your favorite podcatchers, but that's going to be coming real soon. We hope it about sometime in June 2018. So thanks so much for listening and subscribing to the show. You are joined today by thousands of photographers who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon, and joining me today at the roundtable, I'm so excited to have a friend of mine and an incredible photographer, Levi Sam. Thanks for coming on the show, Levi. Oh, that's my pleasure. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. Good. Actually. I am too. It's, it's so much fun. Levi is a, a, a photographer after my own heart. He just loves doing it. It's kind of a big passion, even though he makes his living from it. Uh, it's a big passion for him. So and you can see it in his work and we'll, we'll get some more of that a little later on the show. Now, I know you've been on the show before Levi, but it's been a while. So in case there are any of our listeners who live under rocks, <laughs> would you take 30 seconds and introduce yourself? Well, sure. And I, I mean, I don't know. I don't even expect... I'm always I'm always pleasantly surprised when people have heard of me. Um, I I'm a photographer full time, and I'm editor at PhotoFocus, one of the editors at PhotoFocus.com, and I I love making pictures. I love photographing everything, but I make a living photographing people, um, and and largely for businesses lately as well. For the last five or so years, I've I've been mostly making like marketing kind of pictures and, uh -huh. and portraits um, as well as still doing family and friends um, family pictures and um, man I love I love making family pictures and I, and I love making pictures of waterfalls and rocks and stuff too um, <laughs> so hard to pick just one it is it really and there's I, I don't know if there's a reason I have to um, right I'm, I'm trying my hand at wildlife photography lately which is a, a new challenge and I'm really enjoying that. So, um, but I, I spend most of my time teaching others photography right. and that is at like, if, if I think, I think if I wasn't teaching others photography, I wouldn't enjoy photography nearly so much as I do. I mean, I really, I've always been a teacher and, and that's, that's one of my favorite things. So, um, helping other people make better pictures is, is a passion for me. Which is what makes you a perfect guest at the round table <laughs> with us to, to talk through it. Because that's what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to master the art of photography, which is, I, I think people, uh, they might, we were a little worried as we were going through the rebranding. Like, yeah. are people going to think that we're declaring ourselves masters? <laughs> no, I like, I like, you know, we've improved, but now we're mastering. <laughs> now, we're, now we're working on you know, becoming the best we can be. Not, yeah. Not just a little better. <laughs> and, and really it's, it's nothing like we're trying to claim that we know it all or the, the hosts on the show, on the podcasts are, uh, are masters by any stretch. There's some very good photographers that are, that are part of the shows, but, um, it's, it's that we're all on this journey together. We're all yeah, kind of a, learning and growing together. And it's a verb. It's not a noun. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. It, it does not say masters of exactly. photography. Master of photography. No, no, it's, mastering yes yeah maybe we should have done a ring but... no no i like the master better okay okay good yeah. all right a ring to it 
<laughs> so with that, I'm really glad to have you here, Levi. It's going to be awesome. So today we decided was a good time. We haven't done a listener Q&A for a while. So this episode, this roundtable is going to be a, a listener Q&A. And I posted into our Facebook group and quickly have to mention here, if for new listeners, if you haven't, if you don't know yet, we have a listener a group on Facebook called the Master Photography Podcast group. So you can go search in Facebook, Master Photography Podcast, you'll come up to the group. You do have to ask to join the group. We made it closed because when it's open, the bots and the spammers just, they just dump in there. Right. <laughs> they just go and it's not oh, fun. Man. It takes all yeah, it makes, the fun out of it. Like, I don't, I don't know, people who don't administrate any groups on Facebook don't understand how much time we spend just oh, saying, yeah. yes, you can be in the group. No, you can't be in the group. Like we have to look and vet. So I, I like your idea of, of answering a question. That's, that's a good idea. Instead yeah, of me I, this is checking new, out a person's profile every it's, time. It's new functionality that Facebook added about six months ago or so. That's and cool. and uh, so you can go into the group and you configure it. And so we have, it's a closed group. You, you have to ask to join and to, in order to join, you have to answer a question and you can have up to three, but we only have one. And the question is name a host on the network. And so all you have to do is provide a name and that will show us that you're not, you're real. You've listened to at least one episode of the podcast right? and that's all we care about. We, we just want to keep it to people who are actually listening to the show to make it a nice, vibrant, fun community where you don't have to wade through tons of spammers or uh, other problems that come with groups that are open. So you have to provide a name. Jeff Harmon is me. That'll work. And we'll even take Levi Sim as a name. He's an honorary <laughs> guest, uh, you know, an honorary host of the of the Master Photography Podcast Network. So that'll work. Um, also, if Facebook isn't your thing, and we do hear that quite a bit from a lot of people, it's uh, becoming more and more a target of people saying they really don't like how that works. So if you don't, if the Facebook isn't your deal, then you can also email questions to the show, um, info at masterphotographypodcast.com. So old school mail and, uh, and that'll work. All right. Oh, you just called email old school mail. It is old school. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That's right. not that's not my, that's that's really old. <laughs> it's not messenger. It's not <laughs> right. Right. It's old old school. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Hey, can I tell you something? Yeah. I I love Q and A podcast because I just sit there the whole time being like, no, 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 no. That's not the best answer. This is the best answer. <laughs> so. Now, yeah. now the tables have turned, and I know you guys are going to sit there listening to us going, no, 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 that, those guys are idiots. I don't know. <laughs> right, totally right. missed this whole aspect of the thing. Yeah, I, I find myself – there's tons of photography podcasts I listen to as well. And right. all the time I'm like, oh, man, they got this so wrong. <laughs> That's they not... should so have me on there. I should just be on their podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll have everyone doing that, I'm sure. And, and we actually see it a lot in the Facebook group too. We get we get a lot of feedback and like, that's not how I would have answered oh, that question. And that's all great. That's It's good. It's good to have discussion, good to have different points of view. People have different situations, different cameras, different everything. And so you got to work through it yourself and master your craft. <laughs> Yeah, and the the things that I don't know answers to, I'm just going to make them up for you anyway. Excellent. So. <laughs> <laughs> You'll at least have something to talk about. Okay, all right. So let's talk. Let's get into some of these questions then, Levi. First one comes from Drew Armstrong, and and he's asking. He says, "What's the thing that Levi's really good at? The thing that makes him stand out to be a different photographer? What does he do that we could all learn from?" And I have my own thoughts, Levi. But I wanted to hear what your answer is first before I say what I think Levi's strong points are. Oh, sheesh. Talking about <laughs> myself is the worst. I know, like, really on the hot seat there. Yeah. Oh, right, like if I start talking about myself, I might not stop. And, if, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I don't do it well. So um, what stands me apart? I can tie a bow tie without looking in the mirror. Oh, and that is and a big deal. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really what what makes me stand out and what makes every one of us stand out is not pictures and is like yeah i, I hope i can explain this uh, i i'm really i'm really certain that i'm right about this thing okay <laughs> there's there's all these other questions that i might make up an answer to but in this thing i'm i am 100% right and most people won't believe it but you're like being a great photographer and i'm not saying i am but i i'm a i'm a known photographer amongst people when i apply myself to a market i become known pretty 
pretty well. Like in my last town, I just, I just moved to Boise, but I used to live in Lake Oswego, Oregon. And I was well known in the, in Lake Oswego as, as a photographer Uh and being well known as a photographer or, or even being successful as a photographer has nothing to do with pictures. Everybody makes a, a good picture. Like any, anybody listening right now makes a picture worth selling and most of you probably make pictures better than I do. I, I mean, I've, I've read the forums and I've seen where you guys have a lot more knowledge than I do in, in many aspects. And, and that's, that's why it's so important that that stuff doesn't matter <laughs> because the, the having a great picture gets you hired one time, get you a, get you a customer one time, but being somebody that people like working with being a good experience gets you repeat clients and gets you repeat com- customers and gets people to um, make referrals for you and and it's so important and and I'm a I'm a gregarious and bubbly guy and I shake hands and I laugh and I remember people's names and that's those are the things that I do to help people have a good experience when they're making pictures with me yeah, people- you don't have to do those things People, uh, they, you have them at the bow tie. That's that's what it is. <laughs> well, and it's it's really the hat more than the bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> the bow tie is a, a recent uh, recent addition of of six years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's it's these like for me though those those are some of the things that make me recognizable. I've got a fedora on. I've got a bow tie on. I've got a name tag on, and. They're like, oh yeah, the guy with the bow tie, or the the guy with the and and I wear a name tag because I remember people's names well. And so when I run into you in the grocery store after you know six months later after our shoot, and I spent hours looking at your face <laughs> right. on my computer, I have you well remembered, you know. Um, and I say, hey Jeff, how's it going? And you're like, hi, I can't oh, remember you. There's a name tag, <laughs> Levi. <laughs> so it just removes that awkwardness from them. It does. It there's it, there's it, the name right there. Yeah, it puts us on a more level field together and and that is essential to having a good experience. Feeling like like um helping people feel that I care enough about them to remember their name six months later and that I care enough about them to help them remember my name so that so that there doesn't have to be any any of that awkwardness. Okay, so um, let me tell you what I think your strength is. Tell me, tell me what you think my strength is. <laughs> and I've never seen you shoot, right? I've never been there in person as you're as you're shooting, but I right. see the results, and I've followed you for a long, long time to be able to see all the photos that you've taken over the last few years, and I can tell that you have just a a, a really seriously different and unique ability to put people at ease behind the camera. I mean, in front of your camera, sorry, (laughs) in front of your camera, the (laughs) people that you're photographing usually, and and I see it constantly. I do a lot of, of seniors and, and family portraits too. Family portrait is probably the biggest part of, of what I do. And oh man, the, the husband, the father is usually just like, are we done yet? Can we, are we through with this? (laughs) I just hate this. And mom is, is, uh, after all the kids, because they're not smiling right, they're not looking at the camera, they're not, and she's like, I paid good money for this, and we Uh we gotta get you looking at the camera, and oh, it's just, everyone is not at ease. (laughs) They're not natural, they're really struggling, and we try to sit down ahead of time with mom and dad and say, look, we can handle the kids looking at us, okay? You guys, the the thing that's going to ruin these pictures <laughs> is you not looking at us. Exactly. You like not the best smiling picture, at us. The best picture of the kids is always the yeah. one where dad is like scowling at him and saying, <laughs> right. get your hand out of your mouth. Right, right. It's like, no. So I need you, mom and dad, to just look at the camera and smile and we'll take care of the rest. And it doesn't work. They don't listen. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I, I say the exact same thing to, to parents every time. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but I can see from the photos that you're taking that you really have a... a a gift to be able to help people feel comfortable as you're taking their photo and capture what looks to me. I mean, I I don't know them, so I can't say for sure, but it looks to me like a very comfortable and natural portrait for them. And thank you. I I appreciate that. That is, that is the thing that I, I try like that. I, that I study the most. Okay. So, so I think the answer to Drew's question here would be, how do you do that? What is it that you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so I have a little soapbox. Let me give you a little soapbox. All right, good. You should not photograph models. 
like photographing models is the worst thing to me. It's, it's like torturous <laughs> because models kind of fall into two categories, really good professional models. And they're, they're easy to photograph. And, you know, you can't make a bad picture of people who, um, know how to control themselves in front of the camera and present a, a good face to you. And like, that's useful if I'm providing pictures for a client of that model. But most of us, if we, if we hire a model or, or, or go to a workshop and, and there's models, um, that's not usually the case. We're not usually being paid to photograph a model. If, if you're being paid to photograph a model, by all means, photograph models. <laughs> uh, but most of us are using models to help us improve our photography. Right, and so right. they're either really good at being a model, and that doesn't help me very much, or they're, they're new at being a model, and they haven't practiced the things that I need them to do to make a professional quality photograph for a client. Like they, they don't have the control of their face and their eyes and the little like two millimeter twitch of their mouth that makes all the difference in a picture. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I mean, I'd be happy to work with those people to help, help, help them have a better picture, but usually they're like presenting the things they have practiced, which is sultry or sexy. And they both <laughs> look exactly the same. Right. And there's, there's like, there's like these dead eyes prolific in from photographers photographing beautiful people and dead eyes just turn me off so much. And it, it's not that they're not vitreous, but they're not engaging and they're not intriguing or interesting. Give me an interesting person over a beautiful person every day. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and so, so having said that, the way I practice helping people feel good and pardon the road work going outside <laughs> my house. It happens. Um, yeah, the, the way the way I practice doing that is is just by photographing a lot of people, and I there's a couple of things that I've done that have helped me photograph a lot of people. Um, when I lived in Logan, Utah, I was invited to have a booth at the Home and Garden Show. And when I say invited, it's not like it's a prestigious thing. It's like my friend was running the show and he had some <laughs> extra booths, and he said, "Hey, do you want to have a booth?" So anybody can have a booth there. Um, and actually, even before that, well before that, I had a booth at the at the gardener's market. And this was great. Um, I set up a this, – this was like a month and a half after I bought my first DSLR. I was, okay. I was brand new at everything. And it was a marketing idea. And that, that, that was my main thing was as a, was as a marketing idea. And I, I just set up a pop-up canopy with a white roof and put a reflector on the ground – to cover the grass so that it, it wasn't shining green light into people's faces. Uh -huh. And, and I invited everybody to come in and, and have a picture made. Oh, okay. So right there, you just photograph your kids. Yeah. Right, market. yeah. right now. Okay. And I'll send them to you on Facebook later. And I photographed probably 50 kids that day uh -huh. at the gardener's market. And, um, they were not anything to speak of the, the photographs themselves. Um, but I got, you know, I, I, I did something engaging with people and I got 50 practice shots right there with no, um, no consequences, you know, like the worst that could happen is that they wouldn't call me for their pictures, <laughs> but <laughs> right. I wasn't on the line as a, like, a, like there's no money on the line, nothing. And, and that booth cost me like $20 for the day. So that was probably the best hands down the best $20 I've ever spent on my photography, on, on becoming a better photographer. Um, because I, I get, I get fresh people. I get kids who want to be there, kids who like being in a picture and then the, their sister who doesn't like being in a picture and all this stuff. As it turns out, one of my, one of the families I photographed that day, the mom called me back four months later and not, not because my picture of her kids was particularly great that day, but I was the only photographer she'd thought of like, uh -huh, sure. that, that she'd had any experience with. So she called me up and, and I went over and made pictures for him. And then I made pictures for, so that was for her youngest daughters. And then I made pictures for her seniors for the next several years and have done product pictures with her and, and turned into a, a very long time client. Right. And that, so that, that was fun too. I love the uh, way you said it to made pictures for them, not just took pictures for them, but you made oh, pictures yeah. for them. Yeah. And that's, that's something 
that like it's a it's a it's a little fundamental thing that changes the way I think about it. Right. And, and I think about it as as them and me working together. Okay, so help me with this though. As a brand new client, you've never worked with them before. Uh, they got to maybe by word of mouth. Someone else said, "I really, I love the experience that Levi provides. You need to go see him for your photos." And so they call you up, and you're going to go do it. How do you work from there? I don't even know them to being comfortable in front of your camera. Oh, you know, ideally, if I can have a consult beforehand, that that helps break the ice and get some information. Um, but that's that's usually not even the case. Like, um, I went to Seattle to photograph 90 people the other day. And it's at it's at it's during the convention, um, during their sales meeting, their national sales meeting. Okay, so a, a very forced photography yeah, situation. Yeah, I've got less than five minutes with each person. <laughs> right, and and I've got to I've got to get them to trust me and break it down <laughs> and and do all those things really really quickly. And they don't even like they showed up and like oh we're supposed to get our picture made today. Okay, let's do it. Um, <laughs> okay. And so what do I do? I, I shake hands. I introduce myself and I say, hi, I'm Levi. And what's your name? And, um, you know, some small chit chat stuff. And I, I say, so what, what do you do at the company or, or what, you know, what grade are you in? Um, when I'm with kids, I try not to grill them. Uh-huh. People are always asking kids the same stupid questions <laughs> okay. and, and, and doing the same stupid things and making their same stupid tone of voice. <laughs> Right. I've never said stupid so many times in one one sentence. Forgive me, um, <laughs> but you know, don't like talk to people like like they're people, especially kids, and and that like when I photograph children, that is the the most successful thing for me is that I just talk to them like kids, and or like people. Uh-huh. I don't say what's your name and put the yeah the, the little these little cutesy voices on. Yeah, the only thing that makes that go worse is when they're talking to animals. Then people like become right. like they're baby not dog. talk. It's weird. Exactly. Like <laughs> my my kid is not a dog. Don't talk to my kid like a dog. And and babies aren't dogs. And you know, yes, exactly. Like okay, yeah, fine. Talk to dogs that way. That's fine with me. <laughs> they they are dogs. <laughs> but de- definitely talk to people like they're people. And so I I um if if I ask a question of a kid. I answer the question from my own life. Like if I ask a kid how old they are, I tell them how old I am. And if I ask what grade they're in, I say, oh, yeah, I'm not in in school right now, but lately I've been learning about this. And talking to them the way that they see other people talk amongst themselves, I think it really has an impact and and just makes them much more willing to open up. Um, And if if you can do it with kids, you can do it with anybody. Because... Like CEOs are just tantrumy adults. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I shake hands. I treat them genuinely. I compliment. Like complimenting somebody is always a good idea. That that is a good looking shirt on you. Like that. I like that color uh-huh. or the fabric or nice hairdo. But you know, just say something genuine. It complimenting and and I do this when I'm doing street photography too. I walk up and say, "Those are awesome sunglasses." can I make a picture of your sunglasses? And no, it's okay. Leave them on your face. <laughs> and so of course I'm photographing the person, right. but um, a compliment is always a good idea, especially with, well, with everybody, including kids. Um, so I do that. And then I, and then I explain what's going to happen when I, when I'm photographing headshots, I tell people what I think should happen here because they have no idea. Okay. They have, they, it's not something that they've studied. And so they don't know what they're supposed to look like in a picture. Uh, so I walk up to them and I and, – and largely, you know, these, these are things I learned from Drake Busaith in Salt Lake. If he – he's probably the best portraitist definitely this side of the Mississippi. And I'd put him up against anybody in the world. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and and he's, he's right there in Salt Lake and he's a phenomenal photographer and relates so well to people. And I – I use I use a technique for getting kids and dads' attentions um, while making pictures that I got from him. I'll, I'll tell you that in a second. But um, so I tell I tell people, you know, as I thought about what you want in this picture, so I'm I'm telling them that I've I've thought about this and I'm I'm interested in helping them have a great experience here. I thought you probably want to look confident, um, but approachable, and this this comes from Peter Hurley's. Headshot right, book. right. Like, yep. Those words are 
so yeah, if, if you are photographing people, you should definitely read Peter Hurley's book. And, um, and I, so I, I think those two things, are, are there other things you would like to have people think when they look at your picture? Like, this is my job. I think about this all the time, but have you thought of that at all? And they're like, no, that, that sounds really good. Confident and approachable, you know, friendly. Okay. Friendly. I can do that. Yeah. Um, and then I say, so the, the friendliness, well, no, the confidence is all about your eyeballs. And we want this, we want this kind of a confident look in your eyes and I'll help you do that. And, and then the, the friendliness, the approachability, um, that comes in the, the, the angle of your mouth and the, the tiny little smile and the little twinkle we're going to put in your eyeballs. And I'll, I'll tell you what to do to, to help you do that. So I think that helping people have a roadmap of what's going to happen, um, is, is essential. And it also helps them trust me when I say, okay, now look down at my toes and then sneakily look up here or slyly right, look up here right. or, or think impish thoughts and look up here. And then they say, what, what does mischievous mean? And what does impish mean? And, um, so I don't know if, does that answer any yeah, questions? Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> it, I, I think you, uh, you underestimate your natural abilities there too, though. <laughs> I think, I think that's a big piece of it. You're just a very friendly, uh, personable person so yeah but it's not like it's not like i'm just that way okay um it it's an active choice okay right, fair and yeah. and i can i mean i can turn it on and i have to so i was photographing i'll say this quick i was i took a trip to long island uh before i was a full-time photographer and i had a, a job to do out there and it was my first trip to New York at all. So I, I returned my rental car at like 3 a.m. and took the train into the city in January on a Saturday thinking, I'll go to Times Square. It's new. I got to go to Times Square. And so I, I rode into on the train into the city. And at one of the stops, this little Chinese guy came flying onto the train. And immediately behind him was this huge dude saying, oh, you sorry, right? You're sorry. And and yelling at this guy. And um no idea what happened to precipitate it, but I was like, do I help? <laughs> do, I, do I need to step in here? Everyone else on the train just continues reading their, their yeah, newspaper. Yeah, they're, they're just like ignoring it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I'm like the, the friendly Westerner trying to figure out what to do. And uh, anyway, it kind of it put me in a little funk and closed me up a little bit. And I'm like, okay, this is New York. I got I to gotta check it a little. Um, <laughs> and so I walked around downtown and there's nothing going on in January on a Saturday morning in Times Square, by the way. Uh, okay. But I, I, I walked around, went to the library, saw some cool places and, and I stopped to have a bagel. I was like, okay, I've got, I've got an hour before I need to head back to the airport. I've got a photograph. I've got to talk to four people before I get on the plane, on the plane. And so I walked out of the bagel shop and like, just trying to get out of my funk, you know, Set, setting this little goal makes, makes a purpose. And so I walked out of the bagel shop and there was this guy with two little tiny poodles and sweaters. And I said, those dogs look awesome. Do you mind if I make a picture of your dogs? And by the way, everybody lets you take pictures of their dogs. Right, right, right. <laughs> so that's an easy in. Um, and I said, okay, great. How about you holding the dogs? And I photographed him with the dogs. And then um, I ended up photographing like 17 people before I got on the plane. Wow. But so, so myself as well, I have to, I have to, to do it like like just turn it on and do it and occasionally somebody says no very rarely do people say no and usually it's because i said something creepy <laughs> <laughs> so it's your own fault huh yeah right <laughs> okay uh, and like wearing a name tag and a bow tie yeah helps help disarm the creepiness but even so i can still be creepy enough <laughs> um, to, to uh, turn somebody off but um like being being a friendly person doesn't doesn't mean you have to be like me either. You know, I'm quite bubbly, and and it that's that's not the way you have to do it. Whatever it is that you do, you just have to do it, and that's that's the only key to it is going and and doing it and talking to people, um, trying it out. If if you want to, so I have a friend who's who is not a people person, and he he is like he's not terrified he just doesn't like it it isn't he doesn't not like people he just doesn't like being in front of people and and talking to them a lot and being social but he does it when he has to uh -huh. and he does it really well and you wouldn't know that he's um 
secretly wishing everyone would just leave and let him work <laughs> on his tribe. So that, that's actually, I shoot with my wife because she does the people stuff. And I take care of like, you know, putting the, the camera in the right uh-huh. settings and, and getting the right. flash ready to go and, and all of those things. Uh, it works really well because we have this the two-man team and, and she's very, very good at, at interacting with people and posing them and, and getting them to be feeling more comfortable. I wish the parents would listen to her more, but, right. but, right. but that, that is that way. So, okay. So which side of the fence do you fall on? Are you, are you, do you feel like you're kind of... I know you said you have to set yourself a goal to, to go and meet people and kind of make yeah, sure like you're doing it. It's a good thing. Yeah. But, but if it seems like, and maybe, but no, just, I enjoy people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I, I, I do enjoy talking <laughs> to strangers and learning something about them and maybe even making a picture. So I, I do genuinely enjoy that. Um, but you can, you can learn to enjoy it. You can find something about it that you do enjoy. You can fake it. I mean, we say fake it till you make it, but you never really make it. You just keep faking it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and that, I mean, that's fine. That's, that's what everyone does. That's what I do. And it's a beautiful I, thing about photography. If the people aren't your thing, yeah. there's landscapes. There's, Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there's other things you there's can go There's always to. something else you can photograph. Yeah. And, and please, if people aren't your thing, stop photographing them. Because <laughs> it's just not going to work. Yeah, you're ruining it for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. all right. So, you don't have to say yes. <laughs> so that that pretty well, I, I knew I wanted Drew's question first because I knew we'd spend some time on it, and that's great. So we're going to skip a couple of them that we had here. I got We got to go do the ad. So real quick, everybody, we're going to take a, a break right here. We're going to do... We're going to talk about WeTransfer. So 40 million people use WeTransfer to send and receive files every month. And since day one, they've devoted 30% of their ad space to showcasing creatives like us around the world, from musicians to illustrators to robot textile creators, and of course, photographers like us. So in that spirit, we're going to skip the rest of this 60-second ad and get right back to the podcast, WeTransfer.com. You make WeTransfer. Okay. Let's go on to, I, we got three more. We'll see how far we get. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So the next one I wanted to do is is from Rob Jeff. And okay, he says, sure. what's that? No, yeah. I, I like this question. Okay. All right. So he said, I have been a Nikon shooter for 23 years and now thinking about going to mirrorless. I've been looking at the Sony 7R3 and the Fujifilm X-H1. I can't go out to rent the cameras to try them due to the fact that I work in Iraq. With this being said, I would like to know what people have moved to. And then he continued in a, a couple of posts later. Uh, this was out on our Facebook group. He said, I like to shoot. And this, this is pertinent to the question. Like, well, what is it you shoot? That, that kind yeah, of matters. Absolutely. I like to shoot everything. That's a big problem. <laughs> because the most things I shoot when I go home is street photography. Been doing a lot the last few trips. And nighttime as well with landscape. But been looking to start shooting portraits. The big thing is landscape and street, um, looking for something smaller to carry around for night markets and during the day as well, something that works well in low light and fast. All right, so this is a great one for you, Levi, because you shoot equipment that's very different from me. You're a, you're a four-thirds shooter, right? I am. I am. What do you shoot? I shoot, uh, it's a crop sensor. It's a Canon 7D Mark II. I've been using it for a long oh, yeah. time now. Yeah. No, that's a fine camera. Yeah. I use it, that one quite a bit. It's really great for me as a hobbyist. I'm not, I don't do this professionally. So, uh, dude, that's a totally professional camera. Oh, it, it, <laughs> you can get incredible results. Yeah. 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 Unless, so, unless I was paid by the NFL. <laughs> even like, then, there's, there's no a lot of you like using camera. the crops for NFL. They like oh, the yeah, reach. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. But I mean, like, like a 5D or a 1D, there's no reason. No, right. That you need those. Yeah. And, and I've, I've, the, the position I've always taken with it is the day that I, that camera is not enough for me is the day I'll group, I'll move up. But it's, it, it has n- never has it been a situation yeah. where the camera is what's limiting my, my quality, my images. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I was, a, I was a Nikon shooter for, several years i was trying to do math the other day about how long i've been shooting and it just kept coming out wrong but <laughs> okay but I, I got my first camera in 2009 so that sounds like nine years <laughs> yes it does sound like nine but years it, it feels like a little more anyway <laughs> okay so so what would be your advice for rob so and i, I just taught this weekend at CaptureCon in phoenix i taught a class 
a thousand one reasons why you can shoot mirrorless. Uh-huh. And, and and I'm a I'm a Panasonic ambassador. I'm a Lumix ambassador, and so I shoot with the Lumix cameras. Um, and I've owned several of those. I've owned like 27 changeable lens cameras in the last nine years. Wow. Most of those were Nikon's, um, and and hundreds of lenses. It seems like. Um, so yeah, I would I would recommend trying it out. But since you can't, I'll tell you that I've tried some things out, and. It sounds like so. The Fuji would be great. It's a it's a terrific camera mm-hmm. all around. Um, the the Sony Seven R three makes a great pictures. Yes. Personally, it's miserable to use. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and I, I can't see why you would switch from a Nikon to a Sony. Um, I mean, su- supposing you're you're using a like a. D810 or or a D610 or or something relatively new, I, I don't see that you'd get any significant advantage switching to a Sony. It's not lighter or smaller or less obtrusive when you're shooting street photography. And you know, it's, it's even a Sony sensor inside that Nikon. Exactly. Yeah. So I <laughs> I don't I don't know that I, I can't I can't see why that would be happening. Plus, you'd have to buy a new computer as well to run the big files. <laughs> they are large. <laughs> like, yeah, you have to take that into account when you upgrade a camera that now maybe you also have to upgrade your computer. Um, so the Fujis are, are fun, and they make terrific pictures. They've got a good lens lineup. Um, of course, I'm going to suggest Micro Four Thirds. And yes. It, and I don't say it, of course, because I'm a, a Lumix ambassador. I'm a Lumix ambassador because I shoot Micro Four Thirds. Uh-huh. It wasn't. It's not the. It's not the other way around. Like the way ambassadorships work is that you spend a lot of money on somebody's stuff, <laughs> and then they say, "Hey, we'd like you to be an ambassador, and we'll give you free stuff." Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're like, "I already have the stuff." Yeah, I don't so, need it now. Where were yeah, you right. ten years ago? <laughs> where yeah. were you? Yeah, where <laughs> were you before? Um, so, and and the reasons are this: they're they're small, they're light, they're inexpensive. The lenses are small and light and of at least at least as good a quality as anything from the big manuf- from the not the big manufacturers from the big cameras because Panasonic is one of the biggest manufacturers in the world uh-huh, <laughs> so right. uh, saying the big the big two or the big three is is a misnomer I think well, and uh, you have the standard is the same for all of them four thirds right? so your, exactly, your that's, lens that's lineup can be any of them yeah, I, I use Olympus lenses on my on my Lumix camera. I I use some really phenomenal Sigma lenses, and they're they're so inexpensive. Um, like Sigma has some terrific lenses, and they're well under two hundred dollars, uh, and they're super light. And then both Olympus and and Panasonic have this huge array of phenomenal lenses, and because it's smaller and lighter, and genuinely smaller and lighter, I carry it with me all the time, and I, I get great pictures because I've got my great camera with me. People, people say they're going to buy a Micro Four Thirds as they're as they're walking around camera. Right, right. Uh-huh. That just doesn't make any sense to have two cameras at all. <laughs> like, Especially if you're going to have a if you're, you're going to have a 7D Mark II, you ought to walk around with your 7D Mark II. Yeah. And if it's too inconvenient to walk around with, you ought to get something else. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it it's what keeps me in it too. Is uh, you know, switching is just it's going to be too much effort. <laughs> There's me. some effort now. There's some effort, but I gotta I gotta say, there's not the money problem. Like, yes, you're invested in these lenses. Lenses hold value extremely well. Yep. And and this kind of rolls into um, one of the other questions. Can I can I mention that one? Okay. Yeah. What? Yeah. So Carl. Um, yeah. Good luck with that. I'm glad you're gonna try hang to on, say I it. I got it. <laughs> the Zweidenhout. Wow. Is that all right? Yeah. Oh, that's as good a guess as I have. Carl B said Carly. what strategy can an amateur photographer use to afford professional photography gear and it's the same strategy you can use to switch camera platforms you buy it used and you can buy it from places like keh.com or mpb.com or even bnh.com has a used section and you can buy their certified used stuff and a good thing there is that they usually come with some warranty um, personally, I buy everything on KSL.com, which is the, uh, in, if you're in Utah and Idaho, it's the local classifieds right, yep. and 
um, it's like Craigslist. You can buy stuff on Craigslist. And the great thing about it is that you go and you pick it up and you, you mount a lens to your camera. And if it doesn't work, you don't buy it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I've only, I've only ever had trouble one time and, uh, everything else I've, I've bought has been great. And the key is to buy stuff at a very good or very low price. Don't buy the thing that you like, if you have to have it right now, don't buy it. Like don't, don't have to have things right now or else you can't get a great price on it. If you, if you can watch for the thing you want and, um, and wait, then you can, you can wait for a good price. Even better, you can buy something interesting in the meantime. So if I find a, um, uh, 135 2.8 lens that nobody really uses that lens, but it's a great lens. If I find that available and it seems like it's a really cheap price, I can buy that now, use it for six months and then sell it for the same price or even sell it for a little more and put that increase to my next lens that I'm, that I'm working up towards. Mm -hmm. And doing that, I found, um, I, I used a lot of gear that that's where I got those 27 cameras and hundreds of lenses was meeting a lot of people in the parking lot at Home Depot <laughs> after after hours and and making a swap uh, in the parking lot and and so I highly recommend that for folks especially people who are trying to get professional gear. Okay, so back uh, back to Rob's question quick here. Yeah. Uh, low light. So yeah, you know the. I don't know what how to how to say. There's this this theory. This uh, people have heard it tons about how oh the only way to do low light is full frame. That's just there's no other way you're gonna get good performance in low light. Oh so, yeah, no, I don't I don't take any pictures if it's not noon because my <laughs> camera's not capable of it. <laughs> what do you do, Levi? <laughs> <laughs> so Scott Bourne calls this the religion of low light. Yes, the, yes, and it's and it's um, it's fun to to banter about, but. I sell pictures that I shoot at 6400 ISO frequently on these tiny sensors. Uh -huh. um, like the only people who care are photographers. Right. If you care that much, like if there's, if you're, if the thing I notice when I look at your picture is the noise, then you've got a lot bigger problems right. than the noise. Right. Right. We need to see the photograph before we see anything else. And if the photograph is good, it doesn't matter about the noise. I walk into the Peter Lick studio or the gallery in in uh, Las Vegas and I put my nose up against his picture. And I'm like, hey, there's color noise here. Did you guys know there's color noise? <laughs> this picture needs to go back. This eight footer over here. This is rejected. There's color noise. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever, whoever paid $8,000 for this one got ripped off. Um, it's just not important. And um, again, it's like, yeah, the, the technical things like that, if, if those are holding you back, then you've, you've just got to get out and make more pictures and make a lot more pictures and figure out at what point. And, and that's, that's my other question for Rob is, why are you changing? Yeah, I mean, yeah. what is it you like, want to get it, out of this? Is it for the weight and the convenience? That is a legitimate reason to change. Anything else, I suggest you just need to shoot more and figure out how to make that camera perform in the situation where you feel like it's not. Yeah, it might not be Rob's thing here because he's been shooting for 23 years, but yeah. most of the time when I hear people wanting to change, it's because they've been talked into it from everyone else. Absolutely. They, they've had this gear envy because everyone else is telling them how great it is right. to have full frame sensors and you got to have the Nikon D850 and uh, anything else. Man, your image quality is terrible and it's just not going to work well. And okay, there there might be some advantages to some of that equipment, but it's it's more about the person taking the photo than it is the gear that, that you're using. And you can get it great is. pictures from entry-level DSLRs. They are so capable, especially today here in 2018. Oh man, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's totally accessible and you can really do a, an impressive job. You'll, you'll gain, you'll benefit more from learning how to use that camera every way you can possibly imagine and learn it inside and out than you will by upgrading. Definitely. Yeah, the, I mean, the the only reason you need more megapixels is if you're printing larger. Are you printing anything at all? 
Right. Right. <laughs> I hope it, you are. If it's going on Facebook or uh, Instagram, yeah, then mean, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm looking at a, at a 24 by 36 right here that I printed off my 12 megapixel D90, which, right. is, which is a crop sensor camera. <laughs> and I've got 30 by 40s running around that I printed with my off, off these micro four thirds sensors. I've got billboards in Utah shot on my micro four thirds sensors. And it's, I ask people, can you tell me three reasons you need a full frame sensor? Unless, unless you're making a living photographing the stars, I suggest there is no reason, (laughs) (laughs) especially with the micro four thirds. Um, my slowest lens is f2.8. Everything is faster with these little lenses because because they're so small, it seems like they just went all out and everything is fast. 1.2, 1.4, 1.7, 1.8 and literally my slowest lens is a 2.8 and I feel sluggish when I use it <laughs> because because everything else is so bright and and the depth of field is where I want it. Um, the and just the ability to shoot more and and not have wrist pain. I thought it was my old ski injury that was caused my no, it was the Nikon. It was the Nikon. Just carrying a 70 to 200 around is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. 70 to 200 now is the size of a can of Coke and it weighs less than a can of Coke. Yeah, so. my my wife got tennis elbow from exactly. shooting a DSLR, yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's injurious and we don't we don't need it anyway. <laughs> I don't know if that helps, Rob. So if you wanted me to say a camera that I would personally recommend for you, I would wholeheartedly recommend the Lumix GX8. Okay. It is a joy to work with, especially in any kind of landscape or street situation because it's got, not only does this, the screen flip out and is fully articulating, but the viewfinder itself tips up and you can look downward at your tripod without having to get like scrunch down your neck oh, behind your camera cool. and try to look through the viewfinder. It's the best thing in the world. And because it's the, it's not the current generation of camera, it's on super sales all over the place. Nice. And so I'd highly recommend that. That's awesome. All right. So yeah, I mean, any of these would work fine, obviously the Sony, the Fuji, the Olympus, <laughs> you know, right. whatever camera, if you're looking for smaller then you might want to really look at four thirds or the Fuji is great. Um, Kind of depends on on what you're and it's, what's a bummer is you can't go try them. That would be the best thing to do would be go try them and you know figure out which one fits you the best. How do you, how, the way you shoot the way you want to like so for example I, I rented a, a the A seven R three and for to shoot a, a high school basketball game and I already did a, a podcast on this but I did not find it ergonomic for me like no like it it's was, miserable it was terrible <laughs> for me to functionally use that camera yeah i yeah. really struggled and maybe i'd get used to it if i had it for a longer period of time when i had it for a weekend but man did i struggle like oh i do not like how this feels in right. my hand so it there's there's value in getting those and if, yeah and, and if you're a nikon shooter for 23 years you value how it feels in your hand because <laughs> right. nothing feels better in your hand than a nikon that's right that's right your, your thumbs just automatically know where to go oh man they're so good yeah yeah which is another yeah. reason to stick it with it with a camera if you if you're changing frequently you, you don't ever develop that and it's it's a shame because right. it really helps you do better you can respond faster to the environment you're in and be able to get the shot so all right let's yeah. go to one final question here and you can send all your hate mail about all that discussion we just had directly to Jeff. Yes, that's right. Uh, <laughs> it'll come. That's, that's there's there's going to be full framers and be like, what? You you just can't get the same same quality. I know. I, my question for them is, have they have they shot micro four thirds? It took me it took me like three years to transition from the first my first impression and first try using it. And and you pick up a camera, and and try to make a picture and you're like, oh well, it, it's not as good. That's because you just picked it up. How was it when you first picked up your first camera? You know, like you have to give things an honest chance. And real quick, if I was Rob and I was in Iraq and I wanted to get some experience with the camera, I would start a photography club. Oh, okay. And hang out with other people who have a camera. And see if you can borrow their camera for a minute. Yeah, and just just swap hands for a second and chat with them about what they like and things. Yeah. But I would start a photography club anyway (laughs) and go make pictures with folks. That's because you want to get with the people. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, and, and I know for me, the fastest way to learn stuff is to try and teach somebody else. And I, I, I think back to my, my first club meeting was in my living room 
with uh, my friend Ricky from work who had no interest in doing it, but man, was he supportive. And my neighbor came over and she, she was interested in photography and we talked about white balance and I'm pretty sure I told him everything wrong about white balance. <laughs> <laughs> and from that, there's like 900 people in that club now in Logan, Utah. So, nice. um, <laughs> yeah, getting together with folks is a great idea. I like it. That's a good idea for, for, uh, Rob. If you, if you have people that you somehow can reach out to camera club, that would be great. All right, last question, and then we'll do some doodads of the week. So Ed Shanahan, he's a longtime listener of the uh, the podcast. Like Ed's a, a really good participant in our community. Why don't you ask every new guest what they do to address common problems that we all face? So his example was backups, and that's because that's been a, a oh, massive man, a topic example. on our network. <laughs> It's been a, a massive topic on the network oh. recently. So I, I did a podcast just recently, the ultimate guide to backup for photographers, photo taco episode. So we'll put a link in the show notes. If you haven't heard that one yet, or you can just go subscribe to the photo taco podcast and, and, uh, and get that. But Levi, tell me about your backup strategy. What are you doing right now? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff. Were you, were you talking about backup? Okay. See, this is why uh, we'd be a good team because I'd take care of that stuff and you can go do the people thing. That's it, man. Hey, if you want to team, we can team up. I am I am all for a team, um, especially if you want to do the backup stuff. <laughs> like, feed me and I'm, I'm a happy camper as long as you take care of everything else. Um, so for backups, I, I shoot and then I download and if i'm on a trip i download to my backup hard drive just to an off um external hard Uh drive uh what whatever hard drive it is it doesn't matter right if i'm really feeling important i bring my drobo mini and it's got two hard drives in it and does a a raid backup Uh between the hard drives and it's it's very good it requires external power it doesn't run off the the bus power off the right. USB, so you have to plug that into something. Um, but if I'm doing a a job, then it's it's definitely worth doing. And then if I can spare it, I also keep the the uh, memory cards without formatting them. Uh-huh. You know, I just I use a new card. I don't don't delete that card. Um, and then I come back home. And I have two Drobos sitting here, and I, I put the pictures on one of those. And the Drobo is also a RAID system and puts them between. And then when I deliver my pictures, I deliver via SmugMug. And so all of my finished photographs are in the cloud that way. Okay. I like. I know I'm not exactly a 3-2-1 backup here, and I know I'm not doing the best I could be. Um. But when I wake up myself from thinking about this, <laughs> this, is, this is like like I'm 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 doing almost the best I can. <laughs> I think you are speaking very clear. Like that, you are ninety percent of the audience, right? There. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's like right. what they're like. Oh, I don't know what to do. This is so yeah. hard. Why is this so hard? Like it takes me weeks just to shop for a new drive when I run out of space because I'm like, oh man, now I have to think about like write speeds and and how big is it and how much am I paying per gigabyte? Okay, don't think weeks about that anymore. Or just email me. <laughs> I'll just I'll just call Jeff. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> that is my area. I will get yeah. you hooked up with that. <laughs> like I want to do it as cheaply and yep. as stupidly as possible. That's right. That's right. Which is kind of exactly what I went over in the podcast episode. Yeah. Like I mean that's that's really what that's really what you should do is you should automate it as much as possible. Yep. And for me, this is as hands off as I can be. I've got year folders on my drives and everything goes in that year and then a new year comes up and and everything's by uh topic or or client you know i don't i don't have i don't care what i shot in may of 2018 but i do remember that i photographed the johnson family and i can go find the johnson family and i could probably remember that it was in 2018 so Uh uh, that that's kind of kind of how i break things down very good. All right. So two Drobos and then the, the smug mug put your stuff in the cloud. Right. That's my, my offside for sure. So you're you're pretty close to three, two, one there. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not fully, but it's I don't, it's I don't have a raw backup in the cloud. Have you ever lost ever... anything though? Um because not because of a hardware failure. Not not, yeah. not from 
No. So I, no, I haven't. And like, I'm a little dangerous right now because some of my little passport drives have too much stuff on them. Uh huh. And those those are those are definitely a weak spot. Um, but my the Drobos, I had a drive fail, and yep. you just pop it out and put in a new drive. Yep. Yeah. So that that'd be the thing then. It's it's worked. You've had nine years just that. Yeah, nine years of photography, and right. uh, or eight, whatever it was, and uh, and you haven't really had a, a dramatic or drastic event so that seems like it's good enough yeah right i'm 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 so far so good says the guy falling off the roof of the <laughs> yes it's famous last words for sure but <laughs> so far so good but so far so good and yeah. uh, and that's that's what's important so yeah that's a, it's a pretty decent one i, I like the idea ed Every guest I come on, I guess I'm going to have to ask him, what are you doing for backup? And I bet we're going to hear mostly the same answer. <laughs> I'll, I'll brainstorm gave. with you and see if there's some other stuff, some other <laughs> examples we can come up besides backup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless, you're, unless you want Drobo as a sponsor for the show, then <laughs> we can do that every time. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to finish up the question part. Let's go to doodads of the week then, Levi. What do you have for us? Oh, yeah. I've got a couple doodads. One is this little thing called Frio, as in cold. And it's a cold shoe. And a cold shoe is simply a place you can mount a speed light flash that doesn't have any electric conductivity to it uh-huh. uh, so that you're not um, – it's not being triggered by the by the shoe. You know, on your camera right. is a hot shoe, and it's got electricity that, that transfers into the flash. A cold shoe – doesn't right and and this is a good one because it's small and it's light it's extremely small you'll see in the link and it costs i think 12 bucks yeah and it and it's very secure as well many of the mounts that i have put my speed lights on are not like my speed light has fallen off more of those with with a little screw that you tighten the thing on on the sides right yes <laughs> my lights have fallen off of those more the often than clamps the clamp style yeah like a clamp style yeah, yeah. um and so this one is, is just more secure it's all a single piece of, of molded abs plastic it's tough and the great thing about it it's not that different from what comes with your speed light that little stand inside that little stand has a has a a screw mount on the bottom, a threaded hole on the bottom, but it's only for quarter 20, which is the size that like a tripod mount fits. Um, but light stands are typically a three eighths, 16 thread. And, and so they're, they're too big for that little mount. This one comes with a bushing, um, that mounts to either the quarter 20 or to a three eighths inch light stand. And so it's just a little more convenient and it's, it's much smaller than that big foot you have with your, that comes with the flash. And so it's pretty handy and it's pretty inexpensive. So you just and cost just me 12 bucks. Bed. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's an easy 12 bucks. <laughs> it is, it is. But, and this, this is a perfect recommendation this week because I just barely discovered, I don't have any clue where my little clamp uh, top to one of my light stands is. It's gone. Oh, yeah. I took yeah. it off for some reason. I don't know. I can't remember. Probably to put a soft box on top and, I cannot find that top now. That's so, so frustrating. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go. I just bought the $12 little cold <laughs> shoe thing, and that, that that's perfect. That's going to solve my problem. I truly was just thinking about, what am I going to do about this? <laughs> I know, because, yeah, and you, you sit there wondering, and then suddenly you have a shoot, and you're like, oops, I didn't wonder fast enough. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have a bonus. Oh, yeah, I put in a bonus one, too, because I just bought a – a black light LED flashlight and black lights are fun. <laughs> and so I've I think never done anything. I've seen black lights. It's like dances or stuff where right. they, they've had them, but I've never tried to use them in my photography. So have you used yeah. this? Yes. So I've, I've done it with some portraits and it's, it's an interesting, so I'm, I'm doing this, uh, I'm doing a couple classes. I've got a class coming up at out of Chicago um, on portraits that move and, and, and doing blurry pictures on purpose, purpose, like long exposure portraits. <laughs> and, um, and one fun thing to do is to use a UV light as a continuous light and then blend that with a, a rear curtain, second curtain synced flash on your subject as well. And 
the UV makes things glow <laughs> and it's cool. Don't shine it around your bathroom. It'll disgust you because <laughs> bodily fluids fluoresce. Uh, you can also find scorpions in the desert with it. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a cool tool to have. Don't shine it in your eyeballs. <laughs> Rear current sink. See, I wish I could do that. My uh, the Canon won't do it oh, without Canon branded. It is flashes. so frustrating. Like how I don't get me started on that one, Jeff. Oh. Yeah, like if if you have a Canon, I would sell your Canon just <laughs> just for this feature. Yeah, it is so frustrating. It is. That they don't do rear curtain sync unless you have a Canon, Canon flash, flash, and unless you have a magic wand to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I did a class on Canon speed lights for Lynda.com, and um. And it's like, oh, it's a, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. <laughs> Every other camera on the planet can make rear curtain work since like 1937. <laughs> and, and it's such a fun effect. But with Nikon, you have to have, or with Canon, you have to have the, the flash on the camera. And it has to be yeah. a Canon flash. Yeah. I, I so even fun. went so far as to see if uh, Magic Lantern, the alternative firmware, would oh, yeah. would open that up and make it so that somehow we could get around it. No, it's not in there. So, yeah, frustrating. <laughs> All right. All right. So this is a it's a hundred LED light that you're yeah, and it's only sixteen bucks. Sixteen bucks. And it's hard to like describe how bright it is because you don't see the light. You, right. you can't see the effect of most of that light. But it will make your teeth fluoresce from across <laughs> a gym. <laughs> uh, and then you can have fun with the teenagers at a dance, too. So. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Burning their eyeballs out with ultraviolet lights. So. All right, very cool. All right, so mine is going to be something I've already recommended before. And I think it's kind of important to do this actually sometimes and, and why it's good to repeat them when it's a product that actually kind of survives. <laughs> so, right. Because we tend to, to go and say, oh, I just got this new black light LED flashlight and yeah. it's awesome. And then like three weeks later it breaks. You're like, oh, well, that wasn't quite so good. And uh, so it's really valuable to tell people when something is actually kind of enduring and it's working and it works a lot. Um, especially for me as a hobbyist, I, I just don't... I. I usually like, I can't go buy the top of the line gear. It's too expensive. That's just not going to work. And especially if I can find one, then it's going to get the job done. Maybe not all the way to what that top of the line will do, but close enough that I can at least play around with it and have fun using it in my photography. For sure. For a price that's not, you know, out of the world. And I hope it'll last for a little bit of time. And I, there's definitely stuff I've used. I've used light stands that just, they weren't worth the tripods. There's, there's stuff that you definitely have to invest a little more money in, or it's just going to fall apart. So it won't work for even like 10 shoots. Um, but this is a product that I've used now for over a year and I use it in every portrait shoot. I, I have it with me at least. I don't necessarily put it in every shot, but it is with me in every single shoot that I do. And it's the Photodiox F60 Quick Collapse Flash Softbox. And that's a big name for a kind of a little product, <laughs> but uh, it's really nice. It collapses, uh, it's, it's held up well, and it was very inexpensive as far as softboxes go at only 50 bucks. No, I like it, yeah. That's a cool tool. Yeah, it's it's really nice. I, I love it. I, and and it looks like you can pull out the um, like it's got that little collar that goes around the speed light. Uh huh. But then it's got two knobs, and it looks like that ring pops off and leaves you with just a circle. Um, sort of. It just helps you to be able to mount the light in there. That's that's really what that's for. What I was thinking is that it, it would come off, and I could put it on my alien bees as well. Oh. I uh, don't know. That that could be. I've never tried to do anything like that. I've never tried to actually fully unmount that thing. So right. <laughs> <laughs> I just get, I start dissecting this stuff. You know? I just get it enough to get my flash in there. Like, all right, it's good to go. Let's go shoot. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. So uh, we'll close out the show. A few reminders here. Masterphotographypodcast.com is the home of the show where you want to go and check it out. Facebook group again is Master Photography Podcast. Just search for that on Facebook. You'll go find it. And remember, you got to put in a name of a host. That's Jeff or Levi. And you can find my work, jsharmanphotos.com. The S is for my wife, Susie. So jsharmanphotos.com. And then the other uh, podcast I do is Photo Taco. And that's uh, over at phototacopodcast.com. So love to have you subscribe to that show as well. Listen to me geek out on all the stuff that will put Levi to sleep. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Levi, where can people find you? Oh, thanks, Jeff. Uh 
I'm at photofocus.com. I write there weekly, usually multiple times a week, and it's full of just information about like it's education and inspiration for photographers and videographers. So we, we just publish educational stuff. Um, nothing sensational or crazy, just, just stuff to help you be a better photographer. And you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at photo Levi. That's it. All right. Or, or, uh, out of Chicago coming up. I'm teaching a workshop in Montana as well. I'm really excited about that one. And yeah, very cool. All right, Levi. Well, thanks so much for uh, for joining me. It was so much fun. I'm gonna have to have you come back and, anytime, uh, Jeff. Be on I the show it. again. Uh, and thank you, listeners. We'd love having you join the show too. We want to keep the show going, and we'd love to have you take a moment, a moment, and subscribe if you can, if you haven't already. And we will talk to you again in another seven days. <laughs>